0: Hello and welcome to the second edition of Talking Fußballs Ausstieg. This time around we'll have a closer look at an epic mic drop from a legendary coach at Hertha Berlin out Forteing Ule Forte and an SS accident. Well, with all of that to come, we need a great panel. My name is Nick Wiltong and I'm pleased to welcome back the man who has been our refereeing expert, the voice of reason whenever we need it, It's great to have him finally back. It's none other than ground-hopping legend Mike Krickemeyer.
1: And Mike, how has your vacation been? Oh, it's been great. Thanks for having me here again. So I, as you said, I was to Ireland for 10 days. We also visited Northern Ireland. We did all the tourist stuff like Giant's Causeway, the Goblins and so on. And I really enjoyed to also visit Derry and Belfast with all the political background stuff you can see over there. Yeah, and of course, I also visited two football games. So we've been to the Finharps in Bali Buffet. I'm sure I pronounced Bali Buffet totally wrong. And we also visited Derry City, which was uh, also really, really interesting. So yeah, but now I'm great to be back.
0: Excellent, excellent. By the way, did you taste any beers that were better than the beers of the Cavida Brauerei? Of course not. And um, by, um, by the way, I'm drinking one of the beers tonight and... Enjoyed very much, so the I'm drinking is called The Not Number Two. Yeah, really good one. It is a good one. Well, alongside Mike, there is the Tim Walter fangirl every podcast needs and should have. It is Jasmine <laughs> Barber. So, uh, how is your life there over in those fancy surroundings in Bremen?
2: It's, it's the same as last time, I guess. Very warm. And I had a trip to the colonologist today. God, that's a handful. So if I feel sound a bit croaky, that's from a lot of inhaling, exhaling in a tube to test my lungs, which are perfectly fine and over average. Over average. The list notes. Yeah. Fantastic. Over 100% capacity. What? So yeah, 102. And even more, under stress.
0: Wow, you should cycle the Tour de Femme.
2: I cannot cycle.
0: That's a problem, if you <laughs> want to compete in the Tour de Femme. But anyways...
2: <laughs> I think that's just a problem anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, in a city that does like the bicycle, and Bremen does like the bicycle, yeah, they do. that is an issue, because what are you going to do with, you know, no buses going to Verde Just 2 now?
2: Apparently car or not go. Wow. I don't drive, so I'm very green. Or I can walk for two hours, I think it is. I'm not in the center of Bremen.
0: Do you have any of those uh, fancy electrical uh, you know, segways or something? E-scooter. Yeah, scooter. A
2: you. Yeah, E-scooters. I'm too scared that'll do an Oliver Glasner. Ooh. Listeners can Google that one.
1: But ha- have I missed something? Why there are no buses to Wieserstaden anymore?
2: They called them off. The only thing they're doing is a park and ride from the train station.
1: okay. But the trams are still going.
2: Yeah, the trams are still going, but from where I live, it is one bus and two trams.
1: Hmm. Well, mm. planning. Or
2: two buses, one tram.
0: Maybe you should do like most teams and just check into a hotel the night <laughs> before the match.
2: Oh, and but it's just put a lot more traffic on the road from first match day. So it's not the greatest decision.
0: Well, great. It's not
2: the greenest.
0: I mean the environmental concerns were what was uh, you know the reason for doing that but you know seems like it worked out just perfectly then all right then in uh, part one of the show we're diving into all things Bundesliga 2 and believe me there's a lot of ground to cover there and in part two we line up some of the greatest stories from the lower division and we'll actually be a little bit regional league heavy this week Right, here we go. It's part one of Talking Foosball, the Ausstieg edition. And it's actually round three of Mr. Matt Herman against Jasmine Barber. Because on our last show, Jasmine picked her to, to go down. And on the last show of Talking Foosball, which I was a part of, Matt Herman said, well, once the cloud has lifted and Jasmine experiences A moment of sobriety or something to that extent.
2: That sounds rude.
0: (laughs) She might, you know, admit that she wasn't fully serious about that prediction. Well, it wasn't that bad. No, I mean, I might misrepresent Matt Herman here a little bit, (laughs) which is rude of me, to be honest. But, anyways, so far, Jasmine, her to have zero points, zero goals. And Paul Dada admitted after the match against HSV that he had zero clues of what has gone wrong because he thought, well, we played a good match in the cup. We won 5-0 against Vienna. Uh, We had a good week of training. So this should have resulted in a good match, but it didn't. So enlightened, Paul, what is our pal, pal doing wrong?
2: So if I steal candy from a baby, does that mean I'm ready to go steal the hat and jewels in a heist? It's Köln against Jena. Like, if they didn't win, I would be a lot more worried.
0: I mean, other sides have lost to Victoria Köln.
2: They're still Dritte Liga. Jena is regional league. No. Yeah,
1: but mm, same same but divisional that- difference. Darmstadt has think- lost in Hamburg. There you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but don't let me laugh at that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I I'm I'm not sure. I can't remember, and know, to be honest, I did not see them win against Jena, so I can't say what they actually played there. Pal Dardai changed the formation from Dusseldorf and Wiesbaden where they played more of a 4-2-3-1, or if you could call it that, to a more obvious 4-3-3, which I don't know what the reasoning there was at all. That's one of the hardest structures to play. In if you don't have an established single pivot and really good attackers to build on attacking patterns from that four three three to move up. So established single pivot, you're thinking Tiago or Tony Cruz of the second Bundesliga. Some really good examples would have been, <laughs> I know it's going to be really funny for me to say this after the words Tiago and Tony Cruz, but Meffert from Hamburg, that kind of level, or Seguin from Leitl's Fert. People who were, did a lot better in that single pivot can do both defense and attack and can link and cover really, really well. Maybe it was the common mistake that we see so often of changing things for the sake of changing things, especially when you lose to Dusseldorf and the without scoring a goal. But unless you're coaching your players into learning how to play those new roles that you're giving them, you're going to set them up for failure as we saw in the game against Hamburg. And as you've said, it doesn't look like Paul Dadai or any of the senior leadership has any ideas. And additionally, I don't know what he will do now. Palco Dardai is injured as his main tactic seems to be, let me play all my children. This led them to the worst start of a relegated team from the first Bundesliga into the unified second Bundesliga to be pointless and goalless after three games, which beat Bielefeld's record from last season. And they looked pretty bad last season.
0: And they got relegated in the end as well. talking about that single pivot player. I mean, they have been keen on signing Diego Demme from Napoli.
2: Oh, I've got um, problems with that one. You've got pr- He's played 140 minutes in the last season. He played 1,000 minutes before that. How is a 31 year old injury prone player going to help you out? It's going to be one of those that they're going to be really happy with. Then it doesn't work, or he gets injured, and it's all going to be shit again. It's, it's predictable.
0: So, what you're saying is that Diego Demo could very well turn out to be the Nabi of the Bundesliga 2.
2: Yeah, that's harsh. At least Nabi did something
0: is under 30 yes
2: uh, under 30 <laughs> in peak age and has done a lot more
0: all right so matt herman said that you maybe might have you know dug in a little bit too much saying that herder might get relegated after,
2: after me <laughs> never
0: <laughs> you know you're not prone to making outrageous predictions for for the sake of you know getting in a reaction or something?
2: Never! I actually don't. I say it with a lot of logic and a lot of evidence. I'm evidence-based and logic-based. I've never done that in my life.
0: You are the most scientific one of the three of us. i give you that. So after those three matches, are you ready to, you know, say that you would double down now? Do you think it's even more likely than at the start of the season? Or do you think that there's anything in particular that you've seen that, uh, you know how can build on and, you know, maybe turn things around.
2: Not really. It was a bit of a joke that I think they'd finish last. However, based on the first three games, it does look like relegation fight for them.
0: Well, there we go, Mr. Matt Herman. I'm looking forward to round four then. Anyways, Mike,
1: HSV, at are top of the table. How does that make you feel? It It was so lovely in Ireland. Well, <laughs> we had all this nature and fantastic people i didn't even watch the dfp pokal match so and then my, my mobile rang and someone informed me about the struggles that hsv had at weiß essen and i was interested in the dfp pokal once again so <laughs> um yeah it's like always they do get a good start and in the end they will destroy it somehow i'm not sure how to do it yet maybe there is some. Injury to Robert Lutzel coming up that we are not aware of now. But yeah, they do like every single time in the last five years. And I'm sure they will do it in the same way again. Right, Jasmine,
0: you are the Tim Walter fangirl of this very podcast and evidence-based. How would you prove Mike wrong? Why is, you know, the sixth or seventh time of trying the lucky charm for Hamburg?
2: Uh, well, they've scored the most goals of anyone in the league so far, 10 goals. Glatzel with four goals to assist, and so is Lajlo Bernisch. So I think Glatzel, someone that I've always said on the podcast, isn't efficient enough to be Hamburg's like, main goal scorer, always needs a backup for them scoring more goals. He's definitely proving that side wrong. So on that side, yeah, it's proving me wrong. I think it, they look great going in attack. However, they still do look quite dodgy defensively. They conceded three goals against Robby and They conceded two goals against Karlsruhe. They conceded three against Schalke. And especially Dennis Hadjadunic completely looked out of his depth. I don't know if it was communication issues with a new centre-back partner, but there were times where he was being told by several teammates exactly where to be. And he has looked like the weakest link. But as I said, why defend when you can outscore your opponent? And they're not only the top of the table in the second Bundesliga, I've seen they've also made it to the table at Ghana.
0: Ooh, what happened in Ghana? That is exciting.
2: (laughs) Yes, at a security defense meeting in Ghana, where some of the West African nations gathered to discuss the ongoing Situation in Niger. Yeah. If you don't know, Ghana and Germany have really good political relations. And it seems like in the security defense meeting in Accra to describe what was going on there, an eagle eyed tweeter realized that they had HSV napkins on the table that was being shown really so um, at, at the defense
0: meeting i mean you just um, was it an ironic sort of thing because i mean you just mentioned the record of that
2: defense I, swear. I,
1: I do recall something really in the back of my mind that in those funny days i don't know one two three years ago they had to sell everything and i think Napkins were included in that, and maybe they just sold everything to Ghana, obviously. And <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, there was sixty cents for I'm guessing like a hundred or whatever you get in a pack. The, for people who don't know, the majority of Ghanaians that settle here um, in Germany are in the cities of Hamburg, Berlin, Bremen and a few pocketed areas of NRW in Hessen. So you will realize a lot of and players who are both German and and kid are from Berlin, uh, Berlin youth or Hamburg youth. So, or, oh, funnily enough, just play there. So I know even though, I think it's Berlin, Renzi Koenigstoffer came to, who now plays for Hamburg. Patrick Pfeiffer was Hamburg youth. Um, there's a few more, but I don't have them at the in my head.
0: I mean, Kevin Prince Boating and Jerome Boating, both have a Ghanaian father, came through her to Berlin, and Jerome obviously also played for HSV before moving to Manchester City and then Bayern.
2: There's uh, many recent ones, but I'm not sure of their youth background. Kofi, um.
1: Chilly. Yeah,
2: Kofi, thank you. He's gone to Freiburg now. Wagnerman? Because I've, I've written an article on German good-name players and recalling names from that article, I cannot remember. But anyway, yeah, big crossover and those napkins have made a security defense <laughs> beating table.
0: Uh, I just think it was sort of an ironic thing. Mike Zangpauli, your team. <coughs> Three matches so far in the Bundesliga and, well, one in the cup. You won against Atlas Delmenhorst, so you managed to beat the Nazis from down south. But in the Bundesliga, the goals have been drying up. So what's been going on there?
1: Yeah, for first of all, I need to add one thing to the HSV part. Offense wins games, defense wins championships. So... Oh. Ooh, okay. And and you can order the napkins for 65 cents at Susie Puppies Serviettenwelt. So... Feel free to do that.
0: It's it's not bad having a St. Pauli fan, you know, advertising for HSV. I mean, that that must be first. Be proud of yourself, Mike.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Coming back to St. Pauli. Well, it's the same issue like last season from my point of view. So we do play a good ball. We do have a brilliant midfield, but we missed that number one striker. So Andreas Albers came in, Ooh, Maurides is still there, but still injured or on his way back. So both of them haven't shown it yet. And there are doubts that they ever will. So my colleague, Tim, stated in the milan Block blog article, even before Albus signed for us, he was a good transfer, but back in 2018 and not now. Nevertheless, Fabian Hüssler just stated again that we should not open up that striker discussion. We do have some good players. We did have our chances. And therefore, everything will go as it is planned by him. To be honest, I doubt that a little bit because I haven't seen that many chances in the third game. And it was also really, really a hard match to watch against Dusseldorf before. Even in Delmenhorst, yes, we've, we scored five, but they are from the Oberliga. So we do have some issues in the offense. And uh, someone like Oberglatzel, of course, would help us a lot. Yeah, And, and of course, w- what you also need to add to that story is that in injury time, we did score a goal and there are huge discussions going on if it was offside or not, because the ball was deflected by defense player and now we can talk hours and hours about deliberate play and so on so the refereeing team on the field decided for offside the VAR at least did not correct them and from my point of view as an amateur referee I would say it was no offside because the defender cleared it And he planned to bring the ball there where the ball ended. And this was at Andreas Albers. And so it's a new playing situation. And um, therefore, well, if this goal was allowed, we would have a totally different situation and discussion. So I mean, it's five points from three matches. It's a decent start, to say the least. Yeah, okay. But you can tell this story in so many ways. Only two goals from three matches. True. But only one goal against us. So, there are always many sides to that story, but in the end, football is a game where the results count, and the results are okay ish at the moment, but not more.
0: I mean, there was a rumor going around that Luca Pfeiffer might sign for St. Pauli. Is that
1: off the table? Yeah, because he signed for Darmstadt. He signed back to Darmstadt. Well, there you go. I'm only on
2: loan, though. Ah. so and
1: Someone like him, that would be a great signing for us. That would have been great. Anyways, talking about things that are not
0: great, Jasmine had a hell of an issue on Sunday. I mean, that must have been frustrating. It must have felt, I don't know what to say. I mean, you just told us on, in our chat group and I was taken aback and thought, well, that is really a big problem. But what was the big problem? Oh, yes,
2: of course. We
0: were crying. I'm sitting here mourning.
2: So, the new rules which count how injury time is counted at the end of each half has resulted in more football being played. And obviously Saturday is no problem because fighter Bundesliga kicks off at one, Bundesliga kicks off at 3 30. It used to be 1 30 and it used to be a close jump switching over. But they changed it up to one o'clock, so it's fine. However, Sunday stayed one thirty, so it's already quite close in time wise to catch the first few minutes of the 3.30, but now due to the new injury time rules, I missed on Sunday Union Berlin's first goal. Obviously, I could have just set up a second screen and watched it. Why didn't you? Um, But I didn't think, I did not think both Schalke Osnabrück and Braunschweig Schalke would have more than seven minutes. Well, it was seven minutes at a time, but because of banter it went even longer than that and I carried on watching and I missed Union's goal now I think it starting at different times is weird as it is it catches a few people off and I think if they both aligned there's no point having both days different times I feel like it should just be the same time either because the Bundesliga is still at 3 30 so I wonder if that will be Considered now injury time takes a lot longer.
0: I think the whole injury time and the ridiculousness of the length of the injury time is actually an effort by some people to... Get football to install effective playing time like they have in handball and ice hockey in these sports. But
2: they've only half asked it and just went, "We want the time back you wasted, but fuck. yeah." I mean,
0: I mean that's the point, though. I mean, it sort of seems so ridiculous that many people go, "Well, hang on, why can't we just have effective playing time like in handball, much easier that way?"
2: I kind of get it, but it's also adding so much more time to the end of the game. But if you're seeing it adds up and in terms of playing time for players, players have spoken about that they've already got extra games, especially with added games in certain competitions that it's going to build up and it's going to have to rework performance issues and workload when I don't think it was the biggest problem in football. I think there was other ones.
0: I mean, it's it's one of those problems that didn't need fixing.
2: Like the goalkeeper on the line penalty.
0: That's what, you know, football governing bodies do. They find problems that do not exist and fix them. Mm. When there are problems that do exist, like, I don't know, we just had a Women's World Cup and there was a... FA president kissing a female player.
2: On the lips.
0: On the lips, which would lead some people to believe that there might be an issue of sexism within the world of football. But are we going to address that? No. Probably not. No. Nothing to see there. Anyways, but returning to your issue there, uh, Mike, what would the fans of the Bundesliga 2, the fans based in Germany, say? Would they sort of accept another kickoff time on Sundays? Especially with that reasoning.
1: Yeah, especially we don't care about Bundesliga 1 kickoff times, so... Maybe they just rescheduled to 4 p.m.
0: Whoa, there you go! Oh,
2: late night Sunday trains, and then that becomes an issue. And also, they just moved the Saturday 1 p.m. Everyone seemed kind of happier about that.
1: Who's everyone?
2: Everyone in
1: living in your household. In my head. (laughs) 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 Now, to to be honest, 1 p.m. is far too early. 1:30 is far too early. So I would prefer to move it even backwards. So I would not be happy if we move it to 1pm again. So, But uh, I also know we don't matter, so they will decide something. And hopefully one day I don't need to care about it anymore because we also play in Bundesliga 1. Well, there you go. Anyways, uh, time for
0: quick fire talking points. Jasmine, what's the first thing on your mind?
2: Peace, bad, in r and R&B and and in third.
0: What's up with that?
2: Uh, Malkus Kinsinski likes to win second balls and advance from that, and that's catching a lot of teams off.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, Mike, quick thought on what is going on with Schalke. They're kind of blowing hot and cold. Uh, cold against Branch right now, so that's two wins and two losses for them so far this season. One of the wins, obviously, coming in the deep beeper which means they're three points out of three matches in the Bundesliga 2. What's up with that?
1: yeah funny also one win and one loss against Braunschweig yeah I was at the HSV Schalke game and it was really entertaining how football works if both teams play without the defense so <laughs> if you have seen the first half in Braunschweig Schalke has not improved that yet and it will be definitely a hard run for them but I also still believe they will make it in the end
0: well there you go did that you know lack of defense turn you even into an even bigger Tim Walter fan hmm. <laughs> There's just that right smile. Well, uh, Jasmine, let's give a sort of an insight into how this group is functioning online. We we actually do have sort of a threat on what used to be Twitter and now is X, and we have now moved it to WhatsApp. And, uh, well, uh, me and you, we chatted about Hansa Rostock after our last episode. You know, you sort of said something that really got to me. What did you say?
2: I can't remember. <laughs> you have to
0: give me a reminder. Come on, you do. Yes, you do. I,
2: I, I honestly... Could give you a £1,000 because I do not... Pounds? Euros. I'm in Germany. You could swear on my life I could not repeat what I said to you. (laughs) I am a dead fish.
0: Well, I have the message in front of me then. Uh, Well, here we go. Uh, Nick, I owe you an apology over Rostock. (gasps) They're playing like Barcelona (laughs) against Hanover. Alois Schwartz adopting (laughs) possession-based football was not on my 2023 bingo card.
2: <laughs> I'm so funny. Well... Yeah, no, i completely completely fu- no, they Then Gary heard what I said and thought, this isn't me. All my other predictions have been fine and I don't drink anything else. Magdeburger in second. Mm-hmm. And my herter doing quite well.
0: But I mean, yes, I, I needed to mention that. Uh, it made me feel good. And then obviously Hansa Rostock went on to lose against Hanover. Hanover getting the first win of the season. What a bummer. Anyways, I think this is it for part one of the show. We'll be back in just a jiff with a lot of stuff from the Regional league and some of the Dritte Liga. Right, it's part two of Talking Foosball, the Ausstieg edition, and well, let's uh, start in Ulm. Has never been said on an English-language podcast before, but someone has to be the first. Well, Mike, Ulm's fans, they made some headlines during their Dritte Liga match against Saarbrücken. Obviously, that was a couple of weeks ago. We didn't get to cover it on the last edition of Ausstieg, didn't have the time. Now, tell us what happened there.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if we discussed the FSV Zwickau crowdfunding campaign in one of the last episodes last season. We didn't, know. Okay, so they held up a banner that said Fußball gehört den fans, which means football belongs to us, the supporters, which is a quite common statement in Germany in general. And it's also the name of a FSV Zwickau fundraising or crowdfunding campaign to save their club. So, and they wanted to show their sympathy for that campaign but what made that banner special that was that the ss in fußball was written like the nazi ss letters which of course is not common in german football at all luckily and of course this gained quite some attraction right
0: now what did the club say about that
1: yeah, they stated that this is from a Greek script style that is been using by that fan uh, group for years. And hmm. yeah, well, that, that might be even true. I don't know, but it doesn't make it any better. So they also refer to some verdicts that say that it's legal to use it in that way. And of course that doesn't make it right at all and this group probably only uses this because they know it's still legal but they know for what it stood back then so rubbish statement
0: it's sort of like um yeah it's legal but yeah that doesn't make it right obviously but i mean what gets to me is the sort of the defense is sort of so bullshit because i mean what you're basically saying that is that a bunch of adults has made this banner And they must have looked at that banner before they unfurled it. And no one was sort of like, hang on, on, guys, those two S's in foosball, don't they remind you of something? You know, shouldn't we maybe swap the font for that one? That Greek font should be, you know, maybe should should we go for Ariel or Times New Roman this time around? They could have used Comic Sans, but... (laughs) Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) Or Windings, which I I seem to remember (laughs) was fun.
2: Uh, But a a little bit more on that, someone who is from a Greek family, I've never seen that script in my, okay, I don't read much Greek, but I do not know what they're talking about in the slightest. They, could they not give an example of what they mean by Greek script? Because the only thing it kind of relates to is, I think, the name Coppa, which is I think 90, which is like a little lightning strike. Doesn't really mean anything. Not, I don't think it's, if it is used, it's used numerically. So it's not really to cause it's obviously not a Sigma S because that would not be an S at all. So Greek script, I would like to see what they meant by that because I've not a clue. But if you go to the original fundraising site you can see the Speckow banners and the way that they've written the S and it's not especially on their t-shirt merchandise and the banner. Now on the t-shirt it's a bit closer to this Orm banner but it's still quite different especially on the big banners Speckow had on the header of this crowdfunding page so yeah Orm definitely fucked that up and probably did do a horrendous thing. And as you said, it's in Germany. If it's German, someone would have been like, that looks a little bit Nazi. A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, that looks completely Greek. Have you seen Greek?
0: Guys, I mean, it's it's just like, you know, eating souvlaki at your favorite Greek restaurant. It's just those two S's you get on that menu. Oh, it's perfectly reasonable. It's, you know, the, see those two same S's in moussaka when it's written
1: incorrectly. Let, um, let, let's just make it clear. They knew what they did, and they did it for exactly that reason. Full stop.
2: All um, did. And and if you compare it, I don't think Zvika... Someone would have brought it up if Zvika done it already. But no one has, because it looks c- quite different to the one that um did. So either someone has really terrible typology banner skills, <laughs> or the other thing.
0: Right. I You know, I've, I have to get back to work and open the world program, and see if I find some Greek script there to figure this stuff out. But, uh, <laughs> but obviously, all of this begs the question... Do Ulm's fans have a certain reputation of being right wing. And actually, what about the Swickow fans who obviously do know better than, you know, using Greek script?
1: Yeah, well, the the last season of Ulm in professional football was 2001. So they vanished from public, more or less, uh, in the last couple of years. But yes, even at that time, at least from a St. Pauli perspective, there were some issues with Ulm supporters they also attracted some right-wing fans, at least for the games against us. So I'm not that deep into that topic in Ulm, especially because it's totally on the other side of Germany. But, uh, and, and I don't want to say anything wrong, but at least it was no surprise to me. And, and yes, you can more or less say the same about FSV Zwickau fans as well.
0: Well, there you go. Anyways, moving on to more pleasant news or, well, funnier news or, well, any, you know, news that, uh, about legends, legends of the Regionalliga. One of them going forward will certainly be Ernst Middendorp, Middendorp, yes, who was the coach over at SV Meppen in the Regionalliga Nord. Well, that changed after they lost 2-1 to Jedelow 2, is it? Which is kind of funny.
1: Why is the second team playing higher than the first team? It's a really funny story because there's a village called Yedelo and there's another village called Yedelo 2 And <laughs> it's not the second team. It's just the city name.
0: <laughs> it's the city named Yedelo Zwei? Yeah. Wow fantastic only
1: in germany that makes for a fantastic trivia question during a pop quiz and, and they play for some years in regional already and we never stumbled upon that topic up to now so this is the funny thing indeed anyways
0: ernst middendorf he was the coach as for meppen he said well after that 2-1 loss that they got into against yet 2 which is the name of the village not the team hang on would the second team be called yet I think so, yes. He
2: had a low feel.
0: low <laughs> There you go. Math with Baba. I love it. What Ernst Middendorp had to say after the match befuddled the press people. So, Mike, what did Herr Mittendob say?
1: Yeah, let, let me just... Clarify, Yellow does not have a second team. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> so there's no Yellow
0: here. <laughs> just,
1: just looked it up. Yeah, I, I keep it short. So what he said was more or less I just told the team that I'm not here to teach some amateurs how to run. We are unprofessional and I don't work 15 hours a day to be an animator. I left the locker room and will now go into the bus. Bye. That's Mike
0: this is fantastic. This is fantastic. I mean, it's that sort of honesty that you would want to see from people in football more often, don't
1: you? Well, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you don't? Why? Because because I think the whole thing that Mindot did in Mappen was not very good. I loved it. Yeah, mm, no. Why didn't you? Because, well, maybe I, I read too many Mappen uh, fans in my timeline, but They are all really, really pissed from Mr. Ernst because, well, he just left the club and he took all the responsibility he signed or did not sign all the players. He was the man in charge for everything. And now after, I don't know, three, four days, he just gives up. That's not something you do. So they are really, really pissed and they are not happy about being him so honest so yeah it's funny yeah i did have a laugh but it's nothing that you should do
0: <laughs> i mean compare that to you know people who go into coaching positions knowing for well that this is not going to work out but who stick around who stick around who stick around just to you know just to get that cash flowing into that bank account not really believing in what they're doing. And what Ernst Middendorf basically said is, you know, I've lost all faith in this project. Fuck it. I'm out of here. Which also means let somebody else who might believe in this, who's an animator, who can motivate amateurs, take over.
1: Maybe we need to do a special episode and invite someone who is more in detail, involved in all this map and mesh. I don't know.
0: Jasmine, uh, your thoughts on Mepin going forward?
2: Was that the one the fans Marcus Ampang, had a go at at the end of last season? Was, it, was that the Mepin that they lost? I I feel like it was.
0: Yep, that was Ernst Middendorf's shower, you know, basically putting down Marcus... All,
2: all that win for nothing.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, it happens. There's always going to be incompetent people and incompetent clubs and, you know, I can see both sides to it. I can see why he left and why he had such a tantrum if it is as incompetent as he led on to believe, which I can completely believe, especially if they have just been relegated. But, yeah, you can see both sides, but I think me and especially Eunuch, we like the drama of this a, a bit more than we care about the fan base.
0: I do like a bit of regular Liga drama. Anyways, his successor is going to be Adrian Aliaport who was employed by FC Rot-Weiss Koblenz until they got relegated. But won the Pokal. so a bit of a mixed bag there. Anyways, well, we're kind of running out of time. It's getting rather late into this uh, show, and uh, talking about being late, let's talk about Wuppertal, Jasmine. So what are they up to? What are the highlights of their Regionalliga best campaign so far?
2: They are the Late Kings. The last minute winners, I, I I'm not so good on the punchy headlines, even though I used to work in editorial, I really should be. But coming up on the scope of things, not so good. So they have won their last four games and in probably taking the advantage of a lot more injury time than they are used to, and using it to defy and overturn score lines. So against Aachen in the first game week they were one 0 down until the ninety third minute where they equalized and came back and then scored a winner in nineteen plus six. Against Mönchengladbach, five they were two one down and then in the ninety fifth they in the ninety fifth minute they scored an equalizer and then scored the winner in nineteen plus six, which I need to see the highlights of that one. Against Schalke they were
1: I'm sorry they they were up in the 86th which was really early for them oh wow that
2: was the one I knew they were one that they had a problem with and then in the most recent game the match day against Lordinghausen they took the lead in the 89th minute to win 1-0 so how do you defend against that if you're in the same league as them this should be going into your match plan they are obviously very good in the late stages and you need to combat that by either figuring out what they do or matching their energy because I am not seeing the highlights I do not see the way they play so I cannot say for sure what their tactics are but you need to match that because they're using this to their advantage and it seems like into the last four game weeks, no one's figured it out yet.
0: No, 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 they haven't. And they've got one secret weapon, though, it seems, and that is Charlison Benchop, who, I mean, has scored uh, several of their goals and uh, who is actually a former Bundesliga player for Fortuna Düsseldorf.
1: 16 Bundesliga matches for them. Yeah, but the funny thing on these four games is if all of them would have stopped in the 85th minute, they would have two points after four match days, and now they have 12 out of four. So this is unbelievable. Indeed, I mean that makes them table toppers with a 3
0: point gap after four match days down to Fortuna Köln, which also have a strong side this season. So it's going to be exciting to see if Charlson Banshop and the rest of the Wuppertaler SV can work that magic going forward, but I mean this series in itself is incredible. I- don't think I mean chances are it's not going to continue for much longer but it's definitely one of those things that happen from time to time that are worth talking about
1: I read it on twitter after match day two for the first time with some haha funny again and then I read it again after match day three (laughs) and now they did it again after match day four and they just keep doing it so it's quite impressive
0: I mean, what it does do is probably give that team the belief that they can win any matches even though it's it's late into the match and it's still scoreless or, you know, a draw or they are down. I mean, turning around a 2-1 into a 3-2 and, you know, scoring goals in the 95th and 96th minute,
2: incredible. I remember that Blame Dortmund game, what? Yeah. For anyone, yes, last season. I still think that may hold the record for latest in terms of three goals, but Puppetal very, very close to that.
0: Yeah, indeed they are. Anyways, this is it for another edition of the Aufstieg edition of Talking Foosball. Hope you enjoyed it. This show has been produced, as always, by Aidan Rantoul. Guys, always a pleasure chatting with you, Jasmine. Tell the people where they can find you on social media and if there's any work that they can look up at the moment.
2: I had an interview with the transfer room about Endo going to Liverpool. That can be found on my ex account. I don't want to call it ex, I'm gonna call it Twitter. But Unless you want to see me being mansplayed on Twitter, I would rather just go to my pin tweet and follow me on Blue Sky or Mastodon in Skided.
0: There you go, Mike Strickmeyer. What about you?
1: Well, I just announced that I don't want to be on Twitter anymore, so the account is still there, but I will not use it. Uh, so, therefore, you better follow the Milantone, and that can still be found on Twitter, also now on Blue Sky and Mastodon. And the easiest way, of course, is just to go to Milantone.de. Oui. Well,
0: there you go. You can find me on Twitter, or whatever it's called elon's place basically at normusings i use it sporadically these days if you do want to follow me you can follow me on instagram as well i don't know the short handle for that but anyways it's mostly private pictures and not really all that much Honestly, fun Next up on this channel is Talking Football. make sure to follow us on Patreon as well, patreon.com forward slash TalkingFoosball. Loads of timeless historic content on there. We'll be back in a couple of weeks from now with more Low League stuff. Until then, it is goodbye for now.